Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This uh, coming month here, September, the next month here, we're going to kick off uh, the opportunities to be in God's Word more. My goal for this church overall is that everyone is more deeply in the Word than they were before. Knowing the Word, what God speaks from the Old to the New, Genesis to Revelation. Knowing why Jesus says what He says, or Jeremiah in this instance here. That's just a strong desire of mine that you know God's Word And I say this not just because I want you to be smarter Christians, though I do, to deal with the challenges of this world, to be able to know why you believe what you believe, why God says what He says. But I say this because the fact is, the Word of God is life. Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 63, the words I speak are spirit and life. Peter says to Jesus after he says something crazy about his body and blood, and uh, everybody else leaves except for Peter, and he says, are you leaving too? And Peter says, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And the psalmist says that the word of God goes and returns, it never, it never returns void. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. God's Word, being in God's Word, hearing it, understanding it, gives life. That is the engine of our faith, of our lives, of the church. So I encourage you to look up right now. I think there should be something in the, I don't know if there was or there should be something in the bulletin that has all our list of uh, Bible studies, all ages. There's going to be one on Sunday now. We're changing the service times a little bit, which I think overall is going to be good for everything. But that's why, number one, so we can get a Bible study down there where you can ask more questions, we can dig deeper, so that you know God's Word, because it gives life. But I want to warn you, when you get into God's Word, and I talk about how it gives life, and it does, I want to warn you, getting into God's Word can be scary. You might not come away feeling great about yourself. (laughs) You may struggle with what God says about you. You may be caused to realize what it means that God is God and you are not. I really mean this. Get ready. As you get into God's words, this church does, you may get a couple bruises. When you are truly in God's Word. And that's okay. But it's scary. Because God speaks not just 
Everybody loves you. It's all good. But God speaks words that put an honest, unforgiving mirror in front of you, right? And shows you who you are and what you do. And it doesn't look good all the time. And I promise you, if you're really in God's Word, you're not always going to leave happy with yourself. And that's very contrary to all the other, maybe, philosophies out there and voices. And as Jeremiah says, prophets who tell you everything's all good. It's okay. Right? When you read uh, Jeremiah, boy, he lived in a, a crazy age. He was sent to the people of Israel, especially the southern kingdom. And he was sent to tell them to turn around, basically. You're off track. You're not living as God told you to live. Loving your neighbor, by the way, is what the essence of the law is. And loving God. And they were, they were out of control. Now they still had the temple and they still went and did sacrifices. But they walked on by the poor and the the lonely and the widow. They didn't help. Or begrudgingly they did. They used each other. They used the law to get things from one another. They lived selflessly. They really didn't live in any way as if they ever, ever even considered the Ten Commandments. And Jeremiah was called to go and tell them to turn around or God's taken it all from you. Was Jeremiah popular? No. In fact, a lot of Jeremiah's words, he's complaining because he's not liked. Because the king, he could pay someone. Well, the king liked to hear something different than turn around, you're not doing a good job, things are bad, right? And so there would be prophets out there that would go and they'd go to either Josiah or Jehoiakim or whoever the king was, and they would say what to him? Oh, everything you do is awesome, it's all good, it's going to go great. Don't worry, whatever it is, he would affirm the people and Israel. And why would he do that? Well, guess what? You think people liked him? Oh, this guy's a great prophet. What a genius. Yeah, I am awesome. I'm glad God recognizes that. Yeah. That was the argument going on in Israel's day. You had Jeremiah and you had all these other guys, and men and women actually, speaking wonderful words the people of Israel, keep doing what you're doing. It's all good. Who was popular? It wasn't Jeremiah. And so we see Jeremiah's words. And this is what it means to get in God's word. It means to read all of God's word. Jeremiah says, or God says through Jeremiah, don't listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it's going to be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, you know anybody like that? They say, no disaster is going to come upon you. You're fine. For who among them, God says, has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listen to God's word and not their own dreams of what God's word is. Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth. A whirling tempest, which we had earlier, by the way. 
It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you're going to understand it clearly. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I can't see him, declares the Lord? And finally, I love this verse. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? As we get into God's word, it might be like fire to you. It might break you. Are you ready? Now, when I hear these words, immediately when I read Jeremiah chapter 23, about all those vain prophets and all those liars out there telling you this is what God says and it's all self-affirming, self-confirming, whatever your heart desires. Does this this sound familiar to you, by the way? Modern Christianity? Whatever you want to do, I'm sure it's good. God loves you. That's who you are. So when I hear this, I'm like, yeah, preach it, Jeremiah, because those people need to hear it. Those crazy, I would say, ultra-conservative churches that only preach the law. They don't talk about forgiveness or mercy. They need to hear this. They're not representing Jesus. Or those crazy liberal churches out there telling everybody there's really nothing wrong with nothing. I don't know why bad things happen. I'm sure God loves you. I'm sure it's going to be okay. You think that too, right? Jeremiah's words are for everybody else. But maybe, just maybe, Jeremiah's talking to you and me. I want you, when you're in God's word, don't be thinking about, don't be thinking about how this applies to those people, that church, that president, or that other president. When you're in God's word, I want you to think about how he's talking to you. Do you have a stubborn heart? Are you like the people of Israel in Jesus' day? You just want God to affirm what you want to do. When you do that, who really is God? You are. If your God sounds exactly like stuff you would think is true, that's probably not God. Does that make sense? (laughs) God should actually not sound like you (laughs) or in a sense look like you if he is God. So as we get into God's word, I want you to honestly let him talk to you. Don't think about what other people are doing or how bad they are or how they need to hear Jeremiah. I want you to think how you need to be corrected, how you need the fire of God's word to reveal to you how you really are living your own little fantasy of what you're supposed to be doing in life, what's right and wrong and who God is. Come to it humbly. Now, that can be scary. As God says, my word breaks. (laughs) Jesus says, you think I came to bring peace? That's scary words, isn't it? Christ even says, he knows. To be in his word actually means division because some people are not going to like it like in Jeremiah's day. Ultimately, because we don't like to be corrected. 
We don't like to tell, we, like, we don't want someone to tell us what to do. We don't want to forgive people as Jesus tells us to. And we don't want to change our lives, really not everything. Some stuff, yeah, that makes sense, Jesus. I'll change this. That's wrong. But this stuff, it just seems like, no, that's okay. We hate that. But ultimately, God's word, it corrects and it hurts and it's like fire and it breaks stuff. God breaks things. He doesn't come into your house just to sort of fit into it. He comes into it to absolutely, like our basement, (laughs) tear it upside down. Why? Not just simply to make you be a better person. God's word isn't there just simply so you can, well, I better follow it better and now I'll be better. God's word is not to make the world a better place. But ultimately, God tears down so that you will see your absolute need of a Savior. And you will see God on a cross for stubborn people, for sinners, for rebels, for you, and for me. God breaks it all down. So that we see how much he forgives us, how much he loves us, even us, and all the ways we go astray. How ridiculous his love is for us. Because God wants you to have real peace. We talk about peace in the world, but no one really means it. Everybody outside of Jesus, when they say peace or pray for peace, what they mean is peace how they want it, which ultimately is a peace centered around themselves. Jesus gives us a peace that's real and it's for us. He gives us a peace by dying for us and rising again. He gives the peace of forgiveness, blanket, ridiculous forgiveness, and he gives us a peace of resurrection, that a better day is coming, that a new country is coming, that it's going to be okay. And that peace and that joy is not founded on whether you straighten out your behavior or whether you are a good or a bad person, but it is founded on what Jesus has done. And it's something that we can have confidence in. Forever, no matter what this world looks like, and no matter how many times we fall down. So let's get into God's Word, and I pray you find it breaks you, and I pray you find that it lifts you up, heals you, and gives you that deep peace. In Jesus' name, amen.